0: Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Dr. Martin Blazer will join us to discuss missing microbes. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question a week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Welcome back to the Grok's Science Show. Well joining us today is Dr. Martin J. Blazer. Dr. Blazer is the director of the Human Microbiome Project at NYU and he's written the new book Missing Microbes, How the Overuse of Antibiotics is Fueling Our Modern Plagues and he joins us today to discuss this very fascinating issue. Dr. Blazer, thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok's Science Show.
1: I'm happy to be here.
0: certainly a fascinating book you've written here, uh, Missing Microbes, How the Overuse of Antibiotics is Fueling Our Modern Plagues. I'm curious why you decided to write this book.
1: I've been thinking about the issues that are in the book for at least 20 years and about 10 years ago I decided I was going to write a book and I started about two years ago. So why did I do it? The, the reason is because I'm a physician and I'm also a scientist and I've been really focusing for these recent years on the human microbiome. That's the sum of all the organisms that live in the human body, the bacteria, the viruses, the fungi and these organisms are not accidental we got a lot of them from our mom, and she got it from her mom, and it goes back way into our ancestry. And the important point is that these microbes are doing good for us. They're protecting us against invaders, they're making vitamins for us, they're helping us digest our food, they're training our immune system. And my concern is that the good guys are disappearing, and from this disappearance is where our modern diseases are arising.
0: And this is largely due to overuse of antibiotics.
1: Well, it probably began even before antibiotics were discovered. Such things as clean water and smaller families and cesarean section and changes in nutrition all are contributing, but antibiotics are are a very big factor.
0: And there's really no way of tuning into these antibiotics to promote the good guys?
1: Well, the, the history of development of antibiotics is that when we had all these terrible organisms, which we still have, by the way, and antibiotics are still miraculous when they're used, appropriately for people with very serious illnesses, but the whole premise of antibiotics was to try to find broad-spectrum antibiotics where one antibiotic could kill many different kinds of pathogens. The problem is that the antibiotic doesn't just kill the pathogen, it has a bad collateral effect on all the good guys. So when you take an antibiotic, whether you have a sore throat or an upset stomach, the antibiotic is going everywhere in your body and it's affecting all the microbes of your body.
0: So what are some particular examples of diseases, disorders that are now starting to become more prevalent because of the overuse of antibiotics?
1: Well, you just have to look around and think about all the diseases. Antibiotics have been around since essentially since the 1940s. You think about all the diseases that have gone up dramatically since the 1940s, and those are all the candidates. That includes obesity and diabetes and juvenile diabetes, which is doubling every 20 years celiac disease, food allergies, and asthma, and autism, and inflammatory bowel disease. The list goes on and on.
0: And uh, there's really no way of getting around this, since certainly we need some of these antibiotics to eradicate all the other uh, bad diseases that uh, would otherwise plague us, right?
1: Sure, absolutely. As a physician and a specialist in infectious diseases, I wouldn't want to live in a world that didn't have antibiotics. But we're way overusing them. In the United States, by the age of 10, the average child has gotten about 10 courses of antibiotics, and by the time they're 20, they've had about 17 courses of antibiotics. In Sweden, in contrast, where people are at least as healthy as we are, they've had about four courses of antibiotics by the time they're 10. And at every age, the Swedes are using only 40% of the antibiotics that we're using. So that tells us a priori that there's a lot of overuse of antibiotics that a lot of it is, is unneeded.
0: And uh, the other problem is that it's uh, giving rise to more antibiotic resistance of types of diseases that we're trying to eradicate, right?
1: Well, one of, the more antibiotics we use, the more resistance that uh, comes out. And that, uh, that's very clear, and that also is very well known. I'm talking about a different issue, and that is the issue of what happens when children get antibiotics early in their life, just as they're developing. Just as they're inheriting their microbiome and it's it's developing, and the evidence that we have from from studies in mice and and there are human studies as well is that early life antibiotics are perturbing the microbiome just at critical times of development. So even if their microbiome is restored later, they are still not developing in the proper manner. And that's we have we have evidence that if we give antibiotics to young mice, they're getting fatter. We have evidence from from children in studies in England that early use antibiotics in the first six months of life predisposed these kids to uh, increased body mass when they were seven years old. So an increasing body of evidence suggests that this early period is really important and and we're messing with it.
0: So even if the microbiome later on is perfectly uh, the same as a person who is not perturbed by overuse of antibiotics, you still have these problems?
1: Well, I can't answer for sure because this is really right at the frontier of where we are, but our evidence suggests that even if the microbiome were to fully recover, there was a developmental window that was that was missing because of the uh, the perturbations and the abnormalities in the microbiome.
0: Uh, are there particular components of this microbiome that seem to be more susceptible than others or is it just affecting all of the the components of the microbiome as a whole?
1: So you, you ask a great question, what we know from studies that have been done looking at people who have not had modern life from latin america from uh, really up from the jungle and from Africa compared to people in the u s the people in in Africa had about 15% higher diversity, and the people in Latin America had about 25% higher diversity than we do. In other words, we've lost a lot of diversity. That's what those would suggest, and other recent studies continue to show the same phenomena, that we just have a much less diverse microbiome than people who have not had modern life, suggesting that modern life has done that.
0: And what are the changes then that are occurring to the, the organs of the body because of these missing microbes? Are there problems with the gut? Uh, what is actually changing then in the body?
1: Well, about 50 years ago, a great scientist at Rockefeller University, Jules Hirsch and colleagues, indicated that uh, when when baby, in this case rats, were born, uh, how you fed them early determined how many fat cells they had. And once they had a high number of fat cells, you couldn't lose them. Again, pointing to the importance of early life development and indicating why, so, why dieting is so hard. And our data are very consistent with Hirsch's data that, that the changes in the microbiome are affecting our early life metabolic development, perhaps putting us in a pattern that's very hard to shake later in life. And also, the microbiome is training our immune system, and it's perhaps training it in ways that we're unaccustomed to, and to us, that's one of the reasons that the allergic diseases are rising.
0: It's, it's certainly a bit of a trade-off, since it'd be tough to tell uh, a worried mother, you know, probably best not to get the antibiotic at the moment, since uh, you have these long-term deficits that, you know, you don't see immediately. So how, how do you uh, recommend, perhaps, going about reducing the amount of antibiotic prescription that's used?
1: Sure. So there are some children who are really terribly ill, and in those children, they must have antibiotics. It would be a terrible mistake not to have them. However, most kids aren't so terribly ill. Their illness is much milder. Remember, in Sweden, in the first three years of life, we're giving kids in the U.S. four courses of antibiotics. In Sweden, it's only 1.4. Again, this 40% figure. So somehow they're figuring it out more precisely than we are. It's well-recognized that there's a lot of excessive antibiotic use. It seems to be part of our culture, uh, and reg- many regulatory bodies, professional do- bodies of doctors have have lined up about this, but the public sometimes feels deprived if they go to the doctor and don't get an antibiotic. What I'm trying to show with my book, Missing Microbes, is that there's a cost to all those antibiotics, and for many kids who are uh, who are ill but not terribly ill, it would be better to wait another day or two days and see if they, if they turn the corner, which most of the time they do.
0: So uh, is, is our sort of modern world here in the U.S. just a little bit too clean?
1: Well, that, when you say too clean, that's, that's the hygiene hypothesis, the idea that if, you, if your kids eat dirt, you're a good parent. I don't think that's particularly relevant. The organisms in dirt are evolved for soil. What I'm concerned about is the organisms that are evolved for us the ancient organisms that have been disappearing. That's a different hypothesis.
0: What do you think can be done then on on a daily basis just for those raising their kids early on and general public policy regarding antibiotics?
1: Well, let me mention two things. Neither has to do with antibiotics per se. One has to do with cesarean sections. Twenty years ago, the cesarean section rate in the United States was 18%. Now it's 32%. And in some countries of the world, it's 50%. Half the kids are being born by C-section. And it's now clear that that affects the early life microbiota. So, again, doctors and women have to know that there's cost associated with C-section, biological cost, that no one was anticipating. Another thing is that we Americans are putting on hand sanitizers and antibacterial soaps. We're doing this tens of millions of times a day. We have no idea what the consequence of that is. Uh, in fact, many people in the field think that we may be doing more harm than good because the, these materials are killing the good bacteria, the ones that help pr- protect us against bad bacteria. So,
0: How well educated do you think modern doctors are to, to these risks that overuse of antibiotics pose?
1: Well, I'm uh, as I told you, I'm planning to go to Chicago uh, this week for three lectures about this very topic to three different groups of doctors. So uh, I and others are trying to get out the word that uh, that antibiotics have hidden long-term costs that we need to calculate. If antibiotics are free, which is generally how we've all thought about it, we've given them a free ride for 50 years, if they're free, then we should use antibiotics for every, everybody just on the slim chance that they may help. But if they have cost, then we have to be much more precise about who gets them and for how long.
0: Do you think this idea then should be part of uh, education of coming doctors and, and continuing education of doctors that currently exist?
1: Sure, absolutely. This is why I'm mostly a medical researcher and I wrote this book, uh, Missing Microbes, to get the public's attention so that they could understand what are the key issues involved.
0: Well, it's, we are running slightly out of time. I'm just curious if you have some final words uh, regarding your book, Missing Microbes.
1: I think there are, are solutions. Uh, research is going to help us develop narrow-spectrum antibiotics instead of broad-spectrum. We're going to have to develop better diagnostics so we can tell which child has, a, with an ear infection, has a viral infection and which has a bacterial infection. But this is all. This all can be done with research. And and I hope. I think that one day we're going to be giving back some of those missing microbes to children to replace the ones that were lost.
0: All right. Well, we were just talking to uh, Dr. Martin Blazer, again, the director of the Human Microbiome Project at New York University. And he's written the new book, Missing Microbes, How the Overuse of Antibiotics is Fueling Our Modern Plagues. And uh, Dr. Blazer, I want to thank you very much again for joining us today on the Grok Science Show.
1: Thanks so much.